Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a band that I used to listen to that was like that. Um, like, there was this band called <laughs> Yamataka Ai. Yeah. And John Zorn, I had that album and it was crazy. <laughs> Super crazy. Yeah, like, uh, I went there and I sat through it, but it's, it's like, it's not my type of music. And it's like, it's just the whole bang, like they put me right in the front row so I have to hear like the oh, yeah. the like trumpet and stuff blaring right in my face like right okay <laughs> like I, I played the sax for seven years so it's like I was oh like, really yeah I did cons, I concert band and all that kind of stuff oh that's um, cool at um, Osceola yeah Osceola High School and um, middle school like same in middle school Oh, wow. Yeah, well, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's like, cool. I never yeah. learned, like, music. I just figured it out on my own. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like art. And, you know, sometimes people tend to work on it themselves and are self-taught and other people go to school for it and all that. Right, right. Um, so, what got you into visual art? Were you always just... Uh, doodling and drawing and stuff like everybody or well um i, I was originally born in colombia so okay. uh, when i came to america my my father he was he's an artist as well oh, and okay. so we're he was trying to make it as an artist here in america so like uh, my early years i kind of i grew up with that in, in my family and and he was just you know i always saw him painting and doing art and everything and oh that's awesome so that was kind of a part of my life since I was a little kid. That's cool. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. It's actually uh, from my dad's side of the family. They're uh, they're usually either like artists or like military people. Oh, okay. Yeah. And what kind of art did he do? Uh, my dad or yeah. um, did a lot of like figure type paintings. Um, oh, okay. So mostly like models and just did poses and doing like. Uh, realistic type looking oh, okay. paintings. Realistic stuff. Yeah. That's um, cool. Yeah. My, one of my, um, uh, I guess you'll call him like an, an ancestor or mm -hmm. something like that, or like distant relatives is uh, one of the most like famous um, visual art artists that come out of uh, Colombia. Oh, wow, that's um, cool. It's like he's like a, like an uncle, like they call it like a tío abuelo, you know, or something okay. like that. So he's kind of like a grandfather, uncle type. Oh, nice. Person, yeah. and like, That's awesome. So, yeah, and um, like poets and all that stuff. Is it um, R A S C H? That's mm. how you pronounce that? Uh, Rosh. Rosh, okay. Mm. So, he's um, like a Rosh is a famous name in Colombia for artists? Uh, I don't know if it's like famous, super famous, but they're. Yeah, there are like um, I have another family member that he's a famous poet, so oh, they, they awesome. do have to learn about him in like in Colombia in really? school when start learning about like poetry and all that stuff. You learn about him, okay. And, and then uh, uh, 
uh, Alejandro Obregon, which is like an uncle of mine. He was married to an aunt. Of, oh, um, okay, so I got gotcha. So she, like her father was like the famous poet, and she got married to the famous artist. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. He wants to get in the drawer. <laughs> Said. The treats. He just likes... He doesn't like closed doors, closed anything. <laughs> but... Um... <laughs> it's alright. Said. Um... So how's the art scene press going? Uh... It's going pretty well. I mean, I started it back in September, mm-hmm. and you know, it's been growing pretty steadily. Okay. Every month, I've been able to pretty much double the the viewership, um, at least on Instagram, and, oh, nice. and then like the, the website and stuff is has been doing pretty well as well. Okay. So, um, who do you all have working for you? I saw it somewhere. Um, I I had a handful of different uh, writers. Uh, come in and out and I have an editor um, oh I saw it on their website rcmpress.com yeah was, but right now I kind of started to limit it down to just a, a few uh, a few writers and okay. uh, one one editor oh okay I see and then uh, Chris yeah. I know Joseph. Joseph and Chris. Yeah, yeah, we've had uh, we've been switching uh, writers out here and there and stuff. But I feel like uh, having a smaller team, just only uh, two or three writers, and it helps to uh, keep me focused. And just with all the jobs I have, and right, it's hard to like manage a ton of people and you know keep everything up to date and on track and all that. So it's just easier to have only a few people that I have to talk to and get them. Know, situated and stuff for the next article and all that stuff. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. It can be difficult juggling so many things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, juggling, uh, you know, a handful of jobs right now, and, and they're all in the art world pretty much. Right. Um, so, what do you do at UCF? At UCF, I'm the art gallery assistant. Okay. So they have, that particular position, uh, I am is more involved. Uh, I have. I kind of help manage the, the student uh, staff, and then I um, do all the installations for them. And, oh, nice. And I kind of just do all the day-to-day things at UCF. Um, that should be an interesting job. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely interesting, especially over the summer. We had a big um, a big project where we took all the artwork that's in our vault mm-hmm. and brought it into the gallery, and I, I was kind of the, the one that um, had a like almost in charge of the the, the thing I had to go and check out all the paperwork and make sure the paperwork matched the artwork and, oh and make new labels for everything and kind of uh, organize the whole vault into like this new like um, you know high tech vault that we have in there where oh, wow. the, the, the shells move when you start rolling them around oh, okay, and all that yeah. stuff. so yeah, it's pretty cool and now it's way more organized and nice so. do they climate control stuff like that yeah, usually you have to, everything has to at least be, you know, air conditioned and you have to keep it like, you know, like 70 and stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. I know like stuff like that, 
Like the glue would have to be like mm. you can put that in outside or anything. Yeah, I mean most art you can't really unless it's made to be outside. Right. You know, most of the time you have to keep it, you know, nice, cool, dry, and all. Keep it away from lights because the sun definitely starts oh, yeah. like bleaching the artwork and all that. Yeah. So unless you have it specifically to be put outside, and even stuff that's outside like public art pieces. They have to be cleaned and you know worked on and fixed. You know they'll get chips and all that. I kind like of stuff. it when when the art is supposed to like um, deteriorate over oh, time. Yeah. yeah. Or like <laughs> dissolve. Like there's some cool stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. There's artwork that's that's out there like that that they're they're made to not last forever. I mean, right? Like that know. guy that um does the stone. Um, like he stacks stones, so like, oh yeah, it's like temporary, but yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I love that stuff. And you go out there into the woods and make uh, like a stone sculpture, like a bunch of stakes and everything, and, yeah. and then it falls apart after a day. Yeah, you know? those yeah. are cool. Yeah. Um. So you went to UCF, and now you're working at the gallery. Yeah, yeah. I graduated <laughs> so cool. from there. What did you graduate with? I uh, got a BFA in uh, sculpture. Um, okay. Um, I, I originally was at Valencia, then took like a kind of a long break, um, about like seven years or so break, oh, wow. and I was just focusing on you know I wasn't even doing really that much art at the time, and I started getting back into it, and so I decided to go and get my degree in art and okay. be an artist and try to do something in the art world and right. be creative. I remember the first time I met you was at the third Thursday thing on Church Street. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you had the um, etchings where you were etching the back side of the glass or mm -hmm. something. Yeah. Those are cool. Yeah, I was I like experimenting. I, I always like to experiment with yeah. my art practice. Like, I get kind of bored just doing the same thing. So if it's just a painting, I was like, oh, what can I do to switch things up? Or maybe I'll start doing etchings or scratch on the back of the glass and just like working with different materials and that's cool like um you could probably eventually use all of that in your art or like things that you've learned from doing those things oh yeah i mean working with different materials you you quickly learn what works what doesn't work uh you know what you like to, to work with what you don't what takes right. really long and you know uh, the outcome might not be as nice as if you do something else, you know. So, but uh, working with that scratching, um, or like scratching on the glass, it really helped me when I started doing uh, like actual etchings on on uh, metal and, okay, yeah. and running it through press and all that kind of stuff. And that's uh, like when you do those etchings, you have to use like acids and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, you have to use acids. It depends on the types of etchings you could do, mm -hmm. um, you know, on Taglio and all that kind of stuff, or mm -hmm. like relief printing. Um, lately, I've been really enjoying um, kind of relief printing, on like wood, you know, woodcuts and all that. Relief printing? Yeah, you know, you know, when you get a piece of wood, um, and you just uh, sometimes you could also go to those uh, craft stores and buy like linoleum like blocks and okay. you could just do a drawing on it and then kind of carve into the, the piece and then you could hand print it with just a piece of paper oh, okay. the ink roll gotcha. it onto the, the wood and you use like a little press like a hand press and just okay. press it onto the wood I didn't, I didn't realize that was what that was called 
Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've seen that before, but I never knew there was an actual name for it. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty much the same concept as, uh, like, a stamp, you know? A, right. st a stamp is technically a, a relief print, you know? It's you know, a little image and you stamp it onto the paper. I only do GP, so uh -huh. I've never really experimented with, like, fine art printing, uh -huh. you know? Yeah, like, actually, uh, I, I, when I was at UCF as a student, I, I did an internship for Flying Horse, and I oh, worked cool. over the summer there, um, and that was a really, like, fun internship, and I, I got to learn even more about fine art printing and got to work with a few like high-end artists and all that stuff so that's awesome uh, have you heard of flying horse before yeah. Or, so yeah yeah, yeah they're, they're a pretty cool place to have here in orlando you don't really have a lot of like printmaking to, of that caliber you know right. in, in a lot of cities you know it's cool that we have one here yeah that's all I, orlando's got a lot of cool things that yeah. people don't necessarily know about yeah so like I was talking to um, Boy Kong, and uh, we were talking about the podcast, and I was like, you know, for the most part, we're artist-supported art scene, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know? So, like, it's... Yeah. One thing I, I was trying to do with this podcast is try to maybe expose what we know mm -hmm. as artists to more people, Yeah, you know? So, um, like stuff like that, like the flying horse, like yeah. we know about that stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, how many people do? Yeah, that aren't I mean, artists? Yeah, outside of the general artists, the you know, and especially people at UCF, and I mean, there are people that like go to UCF and don't even know about uh, you know flying horse. So oh yeah. It's kind of a little like secret kind of uh, thing um, here in Orlando, but. It's understandable. There isn't. A, it's not like generally open to the public. You know, yeah. you, you have to be like a student or a patron or something like okay. that. Yeah, you kind of even be able to go to their events and all that. That's cool. So. A lot of times, like they probably do like everything, but like a lot of times, an artist's work doesn't translate as well into a fine art print, like a serigraph or. Mm -hmm. um, a lithograph or something mm -hmm. like that because mm -hmm. there's so many layers yeah. to it like um because yeah, you're focusing only on, on a 2D right. material usually I mean I've seen them do some like 3D type like relief type things oh really um but those are you're moving towards sculpture versus like an actual like oh, okay. print you know and I, they've I've seen them do stuff like that but they're more focused on, you know, running a, a litho print or something, or um, woodcut or mixing, you know, yeah. uh, doing a bunch of mono prints and all that kind of thing. That's cool that they yeah. do all of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, they have some pretty big presses in there, and yeah, it's it pretty. It was a really fun internship working yeah. there. <laughs> do they hand cut like the woodcuts and stuff? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, usually, with like their program, they'll bring in a, like an artist as part of their roster, and, and it's usually like an artist with a like a, a decent career, like a, at least a mid-level to like upper-level uh, art career. Mm -hmm. And they'll they'll invite them in. They'll do a, like an in, not an internship. They'll they'll do like a residency there for okay. uh, um, you know maybe like a, a few weeks or month or something, and they'll work along with the printmakers and. Um, they'll make whatever kind of print they need, and whether it's an etching or something, they'll run a series. Oh, that's cool. Know. And then, you know, say they they run a hundred. I think, I think they take like fifty uh, 
50 of the 100 and then the artist takes the other 50. Oh, okay. So that way the, they, they sell their 50 and the artist sells their 50. Oh, that's cool. So, that's yeah. an interesting way to do it. Yeah. Um, hmm. So you got the gallery and then you have Manello Museum of Art, of American Art. Yep. There's a big difference between a gallery and a museum. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do at um, Manello? At the Manello, um, I'm more of just a. I work there on the weekend, so mm-hmm. um, it's my weekend job. I, I kind of just open up the museum and I check uh, check people come in to check out the museum. Oh, okay. Uh, I've done some installation for them, but because uh, of my time constraint, I haven't really been able to. Uh, be available to do like installations and as much for them so gotcha. uh, they have like a, a, a different guy that comes in and does all their installation okay. and the lighting and all that so nice. I, I usually on weekends I just go in open the museum check people in and you know just you know make sure nobody steals anything <laughs> <laughs> what's the like what's the biggest difference between a museum and a gallery um, well a museum they're more for the Public, it, it's just like um, yeah, they're they're making their money off of people coming in to uh, to pay to walk around, and uh, they're more informative. They're usually trying to inform the public about the, you know their particular uh, curated pieces and stuff like that. Um, a gallery usually tends to lean towards um, like selling work. Okay. Um, or that that's the only difference that the the gallery at the at UCF mm-hmm. like they have, they do sometimes have stuff for sale but that's not their main focus so okay. they're they're almost like in between a museum and a gallery oh, okay. but um, a gallery usually tends to have you go in there and work is for sale so you know you right. you you want to you know you, you could buy buy something off the wall you know? gotcha where a museum is more for like people to come and actually yeah, see see the the work that they they see they're on show right now and they they usually end up working with uh, collectors or other curators or something like that. Okay. Uh, like the the last show we had was uh, shifting gaze mm-hmm. and that was like um, um, he's a big collector. Uh, he actually has a house here in Orlando. Oh, okay. He's one of the biggest collector of Africa. Um, of black and Hispanic uh, artwork. Oh, that's cool. So, and all the all the work that was there was all of like um, black and Hispanic uh, American artists. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, it was it was a really good show. Was, I'm, uh, I, I I I'm working so much. Yeah. I have a hard time getting out there. Yeah, I know it's, it's hard sometimes, and you know museums don't always stay open late. You know. Yeah. So, the hours are always like weird. Yeah. Or they can be. Yeah, they open like at ten and they close at like four thirty. So, yeah. so if you get off of work at five, you're not even able right. to make it unless it's I, like a, I was a always confused about businesses that did it that way. Yeah, it's like why are you open during the time that people are working? <laughs> you know, especially like specialty shops and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like how are you gonna sell that weird thing yeah. when someone that might buy it is working while you're open? That's one thing I've noticed that most art things here in Orlando close at like four or five o'clock in the afternoon. And there's uh, unless it's a special event or like an opening, you know, they usually don't stay past like five o'clock. That's that's weird to me. Yeah, 
is. Yeah, the, I wish there was more, um, you know, available, you know, times or mm. there's galleries that will stay open till like you know seven or eight or something like that. And so that way you want to go check out a gallery, you know, on a Wednesday afternoon or something at seven o'clock at night, you might be able to. But yeah, I I feel like a lot of galleries and like the art hops and stuff they do it on a specific day mm-hmm. later for that reason yeah you know so people know that they can go and see um artwork on the second thursday in mm-hmm. norton park or yeah or third thursday at uh, right. city arts right. downtown orlando exactly yeah it makes i think that makes it a little easier when i first moved out here from Lake County, I used to go to Third Thursdays, mm-hmm. and that was in like 2002. Yeah, and City Arts was called Oval, right. Orlando Visual Arts League, right. and it was like little instead of the little galleries, they mm-hmm. were actually like little studios, all little studio spaces. Yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> and I actually met a girl at where Avalon used to be, where City Arts is gonna be. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget the name of it. I'll have to look it up. Somebody's told me a million times, and I just can't mm-hmm. remember. Um, but uh, I met a girl there whose name was Jennifer Wilfong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and actually, last night, um, the lady um, downstairs, like a couple doors from you downstairs, mm-hmm. um, she asked me if I was related to Jennifer Wilfong. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I get that sometimes. Was she an artist? Or? Yeah. I was like, that's interesting. Okay. And it, I had to do a double take when I saw the label. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, another artist named Will Huang? Yeah. That doesn't a, just dabble, but actually shows? That's, that's not a common name, <laughs> no, not me, right? Yeah. It's not. Yeah. There's a long history of that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think we're related somehow, like, long mm. down the line. Yeah. It's, but she yeah. moved away. A couple old few years ago, yeah. Nah, I can't. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So, what's going on with City Arts? How's everything going there? Uh, yeah, they're the coming transition. together. Yeah, they're transitioning to their new space. Um, I, I run the the Young Artist Gallery in there. Okay. Um, so it's gonna be upstairs now. Uh, at the where it used to be the Gallery of Avalon mm-hmm. building. It's like the Roger King building. Yeah. They call it now. Um, but they're coming together. We we're hoping to put on a, a show in in February, but oh, okay. um, it's still kind of not a hundred percent there. Uh, gotcha. You no, know, they they just kind of want me to have stuff ready to be shown in February, but okay. if not, it might end up being March when we oh, end okay. up opening. That's um, cool. Yeah. So like. What's upstairs? I've actually never been upstairs in that place. So upstairs, there used to actually be a, like a little movie theater up there oh, okay. um, with like a bunch of chairs and they also like elevated like seats and everything. Um, so also they used to show movies and um, from what I've known, they're, they're taking that whole space out. They're taking like the flooring out to just be one, you know, one level. Okay. Uh, all the chairs and stuff are coming out of there and it's going to be uh, one big like main gallery there and then there's a few other like smaller rooms that they're gonna uh, be taken up by ones from the Yag gallery and uh, another one's like redefined is taking up okay. another room so very uh, similar to what it was before it's gonna be yeah similar but it's just smaller space um, okay. you know um you know and it's split up between upstairs and downstairs and all that yeah. so um, just a different layout 
City Arts was cool. It was a different layout than you usually see. Yeah. So, like, I think a lot of that comes from it being in a gallery slash studio space before. Mm-hmm. So you had all the rooms. But it, was, it still made it interesting. You know? Yeah. You could see art on every wall in that place. Yeah, they... It's crazy how they, every month, they completely redo the old art in there. I mean, and there's yeah. hundreds of pieces of art. Yeah, that, that's it's hard to do. I mean, it's crazy to think about that they take all the artwork down and they put a whole new show up in less than a week. I mean, all, yeah, the, work, all the work comes down on Saturday and the new show is up by that next Thursday for the third Thursday show. and. They've done that every single month for years. It's wild. Yeah, it's wild. But I did that um, mural for the Day of the Dead show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they were still hanging and accepting art. Yeah. And I was like, how are they going to get this done? Yeah, it's, it's really wild, the, the, the process of just putting on so many art shows and doing that every single month. And, and it's I think it's great yeah, to have something like that here in Orlando to see so much art, but... It is definitely a, a big, uh, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And working at the other galleries, I mean, usually like a show to, takes a couple months just to prepare. And then when the you know, the show gets there, we'll, we'll take like a, you know, a few days to a week to hang up, you know, a whole show. And we won't even have uh, maybe a quarter of the artwork that, that we, they put up at City Arts. Just, That's just the amount of work that they, they have in there. Yeah. So what's coming up with um, art scene? Are you gonna release your next um, mini zine? Uh, yeah, right now uh, I'm I'm focusing more online, so I want to okay. start just uh, keep doing the online uh, weekly articles, and then um, I will like to do a, a new zine coming up probably in the next couple months. Okay. Um, but hopefully, uh, I, I want to try to get some funding for it. Um, Everything is coming out of pocket for me right now, so. Right. Uh, once I start getting some funding and, and all that, then I could really kind of take it to the next level and, and make it even better. And, like and, advertising. And yeah, advertising like and focus, uh, more, be a little more focused on there. And you know, that that's kind of my, my ultimate goal is to really help out the, the Orlando art scene. And, you know, uh, I, it's hard to do it when you're focused between like five different places, you know. And, yeah, yeah. So, I gotcha. Well, it makes sense that you would have multiple people working for you. Yeah, yeah. And everybody that I got right now is, is really great, and they're, they're doing a good job of writing the articles and doing the editing and all that, so... That's awesome. So, um, like, and, you know, they're they're not getting paid, right? So No, they're getting paid. I'm, oh, they are? Yeah, nice. everything's coming nice. out of pockets. So. I might have to talk to you about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, everything's... They're all getting paid. I mean, I, I can't pay a whole lot, but like, um, That's I want to awesome, try to at least, like, you know, they're they're helping me write the articles. Uh, I'm paying everybody, and you know, because um, I'm I'm really big on uh, artists and creative people should be getting paid, you know, uh, for whatever they do. That's great. You know, I, I I don't like when artists do a lot of things for free, and you know, yeah. you might have got you know sometimes when people email you or something like, hey, can you. Can you donate a piece for this or that, mm-hmm. or can you come and do this for me? And right. you know, you'll get uh, exposure or something like yeah. that, and um, stuff like that. Kind of tends to drive me a little bit crazy. Exposure is so ridiculous to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, well, all right, but 
I yeah. mean, it can be good for some people, but... Yeah, I mean, it's great. Uh, exposure is, is good, but, you know, at the end of the day, you, you have to pay, you know... I went to school for art, and I have student loans to pay and all that stuff, right. so, like, if I do something, I, I want to at least get paid fairly for what I, I had to get training for and spend hours and hours of learning how to do something and, you know, research on design and all this kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. and, you know, and I I don't I don't feel like when people underprice me I don't want to do that to somebody else you know so right. I I try to be as fair as I can. Gotcha. Pricing art can be weird. Yeah. Like very weird. Oh yeah, it's I've seen it all, uh, especially working at the art galleries and yeah. you know you, you see people that are just starting in art and they want to start selling their work at you know 10k and <laughs> it's like have you ever done any shows before and you know they they're literally this like they've only had one or two shows and they they already want to start at what like artists that have like a 20 year long career are right. not even there yet you know it's so weird like we could have a whole nother yeah, conversation a, about that yeah i mean it's the whole conversation is and um I'm big about treating art as a as an actual business. I mean, that's if you yeah. want if you want to be successful as an artist, you have to really realize it's, it's a business, and you right. know the you have to know your market, you have to know what um, where to sell to, the pricing, and all that kind of stuff. And um, you know that that's one thing I think it's lacking a little bit with, right. when, with a lot of artists. I mean, not just here in Orlando, with like all over the country and the world. And, yeah artists um, sometimes they they lack that uh, business side of, yeah. of the art world I feel like social media has helped that and it's mm -hmm. kind of like hindered it a little bit too yeah. because, because a lot of people will look at something and they'll be like okay I've got the image mm -hmm. that I like mm -hmm. instead of buying it or something you know what I mean oh like uh like ripping off an image on online or something or well, that too but like um like a lot of people don't buy art just to have the art mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah just uh yeah the material aspect of it of right like having the actual piece they rather just oh, i gotta i have it online i can look at it anytime yeah, i want online. Exactly. yeah i think that kind of changes people's um perception of buying art a little mm -hmm. bit i mean i don't know statistics or any of that stuff yeah and those are even weirder too <laughs> but um like i don't know like the uh i feel like the market has changed over the last few years yeah i feel like a lot of um artists were doing well a few years ago are now doing not as well they're still doing okay, but they're not mm -hmm. doing as well as they were a few years ago. And I don't know, like, what do you think could be causing that? That's just my opinion, but... Well, I, I do know that galleries all over the world are dying. I mean, the, um, galleries and museums are having trouble staying open, okay. um, you know, and, and galleries particularly where they're, they're trying to make money off of just selling artwork. Oh, yeah. uh, they are dying and they're closing up all, all over the world and there's even like big galleries that sell like um, you know big name artists mm -hmm. and some of them are even closing and all that so um, I think it's just there's there's like a shift 
uh, going on where you know people might not want to have that material uh, piece in their house, but mm-hmm. um, I do think that there's a shift towards experience. Um, okay. Like uh, there's this this big group that I've been kind of following over the last year. They're they're called Meow Wolf. Uh, okay. Have you heard of them? No. So uh, I started uh, researching them and like uh, I've. Uh, their concept is not completely unique, but they are the biggest ones that have been able to do this. Where they, mm-hmm. it's a, this group of artists that got together and they started um, uh, doing a collaborative uh, project where they rent out spaces and they they do uh, big installations in there, and then they oh, okay. they'll charge you know to come and uh, look at the installation and stuff. Oh, okay. And they slowly got bigger and bigger, and they're they're in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh, um, nice. And they got to a, they got to a, yeah, it's a it's a good place. And they got to a place where they uh, got uh, George R. R. Martin, you know who yeah. he is? So he, the, the writer, he ends up being their patron, buys them a big bowling alley, and they turn it into a, a giant art installation. That's amazing. And so within, like, I think a year or something, now they're a $50 million company. And so all the artists that are originally, like, were there working with them are all, like, living off of this, and they have employees and oh, all that. that cool. And now they're starting, they're building... I think it's either three or four new locations around in different parts of uh, the country. Oh, nice. You know, one's in, like, Las Vegas, another one's, like, Washington, D.C., I think, and I think another one in Colorado or something like oh, that. Oh, wow. Uh, or Dallas or something. Uh, I have to check where the third one is at, but they're they're becoming a, a bigger, like, name in the art world, and it all started from just, you know, these bunch of crazy hooligan artists that are on you know on the outskirts of the art world you know they their artwork wasn't being able to be shown in regular art galleries if you right. will or like museums and they so they did their own thing that's awesome and like i thought uh, i went there's a documentary online um uh, you could find and it's like i think it's called the origins of meow wolf okay it's a it's a pretty cool documentary and it talks about like how they got started and I'll have to look that up. Yeah, and what they're what they're trying to do, they're trying to be the apparently the first billion dollar like art company. Oh like, really? Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's like go for it, you know? Yeah, like, that'll be awesome. I was surprised. Speaking of um, billion dollar art, I was surprised that the um, new Leonardo da Vinci didn't go for more than five hundred million. Oh yes, because it's da Vinci, and like. I love Picasso, but if a Picasso goes for two hundred, a Da Vinci definitely needs to go for more. Yeah, in my opinion. <clears throat> I you guess. Know? I guess it just depends who you got there purchasing at the time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, he's like, like I don't know. Like the things that he was doing, he was doing things that nobody had ever done before. Mm-hmm. Picasso was doing the same thing, but I feel like Da Vinci was doing it for the entire art, like, forever. Yeah. Or I think Picasso was more, like, doing it for modern art more than anything else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I love Picasso for that reason. Yeah. I yeah. like him because of the the way that he looked at art. The way that he approached it was more like, this can be art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't have to be this yeah it doesn't have to be super um representative it doesn't you don't have to it doesn't have to be spelled out for you it's kind of kind of changing the game a little bit yeah and that's what i love about picasso but i 
I love Da Vinci just as much because of, like, well, I'm an oil painter. Mm-hmm. Picasso did oil as well, but mm-hmm. it was a lot different than the way Da Vinci did it. Yeah. So me being an oil painter, I I kind of respect Da Vinci on that level a little mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Well, uh, I know like Picasso, he he was like a, a master painter by the time he was like ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you see a lot of his pieces when he was ten years old, and they they look like. Um, like a, a master piece from the 1500s or something yeah. like that, and and then he slowly started, you know, changing his style and doing something completely different and all that. Um, but I don't know. I guess it just depends on your your preference whether you yeah. like the really old school, uh, like you know, Da Vinci and the Renaissance type of stuff, or you like uh, someone like Picasso that's just completely challenging the concept of art and like, right, right, you know. But it's art and more conceptual, I guess. Yeah, there's a really good documentary on um, line. BBC put out puts out great art documentaries. Okay. And there's one about conceptual art, and like he he buys um, this piece of crumpled up paper. Uh huh. Like he <laughs> buys it from an artist that sells it online, and it's like. It's really interesting because a lot of people will look at stuff like that and not understand it. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand it yeah. all the time. But watching mm-hmm. those documentaries, and I watched the one, um, The Power of Art. Did mm-hmm. you watch those? I think I've seen some of them. Or, those are or, my favorite documentaries yeah. about art. And the one about um, Rothko mm-hmm. was amazing because I've had conversations with people before that. Like, they're like, I don't get Rothko. Yeah. But then I watched the documentary and it's like, oh, I get it. Like, yeah. Like, I think the education of people on art mm-hmm. is really, really important. Yeah. When Especially to, patrons. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to conceptual artwork and stuff, that if you're not educated in, like, the history of art and stuff, it, you could easily be like, I don't get it. And it and I get it when people like look at a piece and it's like I hate it like this is just a crumbled up piece of paper this is stupid and and it's understandable that sometimes it is kind of um, almost like lazy art you know there's artists out there that that have made it kind of big and they're now their their work sells for like millions of dollars so because they've gotten to this level they some of the work that they produce is kind of crap and Mm -hmm. You know, they don't have to worry right. about you know, making each piece a masterpiece. The, now I could just crumple up some pieces in paper and sell it for 50 grand each, you know? That's <laughs> like, so weird to me. Yeah. Have you ever seen the guy that sells the... He just takes Instagram pictures and he uh, sells them? Like, he m- makes prints and I think sells I've, them? I think I've seen like those. Like $100,000? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, that stuff makes me kind of mad. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean... I guess you could say, like, in a way that's kind of, like, representative of where we're at mm-hmm. in society today. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's almost like a historical thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like, a lot of people will look at digital art. A lot of people will look at Instagram and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, well, it's just, like, this weird social media thing. Yeah. But... At the same time, it's kind of like a um, a look into where we're at as a society. Yeah. You know, 
I, I think that a lot of times art reflects that, and that reflects art as well. Like yeah. It, it shows you what what is popular in art, but it also shows you where society is at the time. Yeah. I think it's been like that forever. It's just that this is the first time we've had so much digital data. So yeah. it's like it's like people don't really get it, but I think in the future they will. Yeah, I think definitely uh, like the digital aspect of art is is gonna get. It's just a, it's just like in the baby levels right now, and it's just gonna mm-hmm. get even bigger because that's a lot of artists are moving towards um, using like technology and all that stuff yeah. in, in their artwork. I don't think yeah. there's anything wrong with it. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's that's the way of the future, really. It's like um, at some point, you know, people want to see like VR pieces yeah. and you know, and doing all you these. You can kind actually of, draw on. In three-dimensional space, three-dimensional space, and all that stuff, and um, there's stuff like uh, like Pokemon Go is mm-hmm. is like a big thing. Uh, I mean, I, I at the Manello, there, there's like I guess like a Polka stop or something there. Oh, really? And so there's every weekend I'm there. There's I don't know how many people will go there, but sometimes there'll be like big groups of people would just show up and they'll start doing like a boss battle or something. And That's interesting. So I, I always thought that was kind of an interesting aspect of um, you know the art that goes into like just making something like a right. Pokemon Go game or something is is very. You know, I didn't think about that before, but like a gallery, I mean a museum like Manello could actually draw people in there mm-hmm. by having something yeah. like that. Yeah, you you could definitely it, it draws a ton of people just to go and walk around the sculpture garden just right. because there there's I'm gonna go look at uh for Pokemons and And they know, might not have seen that before. Yeah and, and then they they'll check out the art the at least the outside, you know, the grounds and see all the sculpture garden and stuff. That That's really there. interesting. Maybe yeah. maybe the maybe they could like pay the Pokemon people mm-hmm. to like have like um, battles and stuff like in yeah. the gallery or something yeah. you know what I mean yeah. Yeah. but but then you would have to pay to get into the gallery I yeah. don't know I mean they could definitely uh, you know there's always room for people to do stuff like that you know yeah. to kind of get people that are not generally go to art galleries or art museums and you know you make them want to entice them to start going because not everybody it it's hard to compete with like a super interactive like video game mm-hmm. and then you're coming and staring at a, a painting on a wall you know right right you're really hard to compete especially the younger crowd you know you're someone that's in their you know early 20s and like teenage years and stuff like that yeah a lot of them don't even they don't even think a painting on a wall is uh art anymore they uh, art for them is uh digital like, right, artwork right. yeah so, i i i had this like little epiphany when I was doing an art stroll. I'm not gonna say the name or anything, mm-hmm. but, but like the neighborhood changed. Okay. It was a little gentrified. It okay. was beginning to get gentrified, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, these. I used to do pretty well, and now I'm not. Okay. And I'm wa- I'm looking around and I'm watching people, and they're not there for the art mm-hmm. they're for the socializing yes. and most art walks will have wine and yeah. beer tastings mm-hmm. they were there for socializing and for the tastings they yeah. weren't there for the art and i was like i told one of the other artists i was like you can tell 
that these people buy art just to like show it off to their friends mm -hmm. or like they'll buy their art from Ikea or somewhere like that yeah. you know what I mean because mm -hmm. because it's in Ikea yeah you know and so their friends see it in Ikea and they're like oh you got that piece from Ikea yeah, like or a decorative or something right very right. commercial exactly piece. where like they don't buy that because they like it they they would buy that if it was popular yeah well I guess that's just the, the general public you know it's the whole education you know, educating people in the general public they um it's, it's kind of hard if you don't know anything about art you know you, yeah. you, you might go to a piece and you, sometimes they, people are scared you know they're oh, like yeah. uh, I'd rather get that piece from Target or you know um, like a little commercial piece to, from like one of the art stores and buying an original piece just because they you know they're scared to even try something right. you know um, and, and that's just all like educating the, the public and educating the people that are trying to come and buy you know stuff yeah i think that's a, a major key to the success of any scene is, yeah is educating talking that's why i did this you know yeah so. it's good that you're doing this and trying to help grow the the art scene and yeah. trying to help promote it and all that stuff because we, we definitely need it here in orlando there's there's so many artists living here, um, but the art scene, uh, I feel that it's, it's still, like, just kind of slugging along. Yeah, and there's exactly. only a, There's only a few galleries, there's only a few yeah. museums, there isn't a whole lot of places for local artists to show work. Right. So... If you notice around town, a lot of the places that you see art and a lot of the places that show art have a, an alternate source of income. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's all over the world. All the yeah. art galleries are moving towards being a venue. Right, right. You know, like I said, you you can't. It's really hard for art galleries today to just make a living off of selling art just exactly. uh, by itself. Right. You know, unless you're you're selling those, you know, hundred thousand million dollar pieces where you're getting like you're actually the, selling them. You're selling them. You're getting the high end collectors. Yeah. You know, stuff that you see at uh, you know like uh, in Miami at Art Basel. You know, during Art Week. Right. You know, with right. some of those big, uh, like high-end um, conventions and all that kind of yeah. stuff, and even yeah. then, what's the name of that um, documentary about selling art? Um, about selling art? Is it on Netflix or? I think so. Let's see. Uh, there, there's a uh, few different orders. ones. Oh crap! Never mind. Um, <laughs> it wasn't working. Huh. But uh, yeah, there's a documentary all about like why people buy certain arts and mm -hmm. why people um invest money into art and it's mm -hmm. really really interesting yeah i mean i'm i'm just starting to learn a I'll little bit about that kind of stuff and the, yeah put it on the, the tag and stuff yeah, yeah i mean there's I, I find it really interesting especially when they when you get to the the high-end art market that's like a whole world in itself i mean you buy a million dollar pieces the ne uh, the next year that million dollar piece is worth two million dollars right you know another year later that piece is worth three million so yeah. a lot of times like those high-end collectors invest into those high-end pieces not particularly because of the art it's because they see it as an investment you know right and uh, a lot of times those pieces are put into like a vault and the general public doesn't see it unless the collector wants to show off their collection and gotcha. you know does a 
like a show or something like that at a museum. Have you, ever, you ever seen where multiple people buy a piece of art, like invest in it? And I, I actually... Almost like a stock. You know I mean? Have you heard of it? No. I, I, I've been doing some research on it because I've kind of been thinking about that stuff. Like, why don't like, people just invest it in, in like a high-end piece together? Right. And I've, I've seen one company online. I don't remember the name of it, but mm-hmm. I found it just like a few weeks ago. And they're kind of starting to do that. I, oh, interesting. Yeah, they're, they're you know, I don't know exactly the logistics of it and all that stuff. There's got to be so much yeah. behind it. You could apparently you could buy like um, a stock in uh, a Warhol painting or something right. like that, and you know, so they're 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 they have their buyers, and you just ha- I guess have to trust that they're gonna buy a, a good piece. It's so wild, to me. yeah. <laughs> it's so bizarre because like, how would you, how would you like, make that deal? Like if a hundred people bought a hundred thousand dollar piece. Yeah, you you'll you're person. gonna put a thousand dollars into it, right? So you own one percent of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, like, if it sells for this much, do they divide the price by <laughs> how many people bought it? You know what I mean? And I then know. those people get that much. I guess so. Yeah. Like if they bought a hundred thousand dollar piece, they each put a thousand. You know, they keep it for a year, and then they decide to try to sell it, and they sell it for two hundred thousand. They then. You double your you money. doubled your money or something yeah. like that. So there's probably something in that. I can imagine yeah. it would be okay for like a small number of people, but if you had like a crap load of people doing it, yeah, oh man, it could, that would get really the logistics crazy. of it could be pretty crazy. Or like and, if, if somebody was like, "Well, I'm gonna buy five stocks to your one," mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, then it gets wild. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. I, I found it. I, I, uh, I did a little research on it, but I honestly don't know much about it. But okay. I think it is an interesting concept. Yeah. And I would like to see like if it works and right. how it would go. You know, because the the high end art market actually beats out the stock market. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, right. So like, you'll actually make more money investing into art than you would investing in into a yeah like putting stocks in companies and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, the companies are so temporary a yeah. lot of times, so, but art lasts, who knows how long art lasts? Yeah. Like, the cave paintings are, what, like, 20,000 years old or something? Yeah. So. Well, it depends on the pieces, I guess, you know? Yeah. Like, like, the Mona Lisa is, like, 500 years old. Who yeah. knows how long she's going to last? Yeah. And there's pieces that, they're big pieces, they're relevant, they only were made, like, 20 years ago, and they're already falling apart, you know? Right, so. right. Like, you get the materials and stuff like that, you know? I think a lot of times materials are the problem. Yeah. Like, um, I kind of got, became a gesso nerd. Oh, okay. Because doing oil paintings, painting on acrylic gesso, Mm -hmm. I feel like you're just really painting on plastic. Okay. And um, Gamblin makes a traditional gesso. Okay. And it's like a powder that you buy, and you mix it with water, and then you heat it up until it becomes all one piece, right? Mm-hmm. And then you use that as your gesso. Okay. Well, that's the same way that they did it back in I the Renaissance. Right. Okay. And I feel like stuff like that will last longer than stuff like acrylic. 
Probably, I mean, yeah, like oil paintings, you know, like an oil painting is going to last at least, you know, a few hundred years old. Right. <laughs> but we don't know how long acrylic's going to last. Yeah, we don't really know until... How long has acrylic been around? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's, there's been at least acrylic-type paintings for at least 50, 60 years. Oh, okay. So... Yeah, um, I don't... I, I, I went... And then the chemical compounds of those things change and stuff, and it probably depends on which brand you get and all that okay. kind of stuff too. So, you know, gotcha. you know, this brand might last two hundred years. This other brand might last uh, seventy-five years. You know? Gotcha. Yeah. I wasn't taught acrylic in high school, so and mm-hmm. I didn't go to college, so. Yeah, and also probably depends on where you put it. You know, you stick a painting outside and it, or it gets like sunlight every single day next to a window. It's gonna all the colors yeah after like uh, a few years who knows right yeah (laughs) i'm sure there's um there's some uh, varnishes that um like help with the uv rays and stuff yeah well i guess that also goes into the concept of like is art meant to last you know yeah like some of those pieces they're like performances or they're they're like a one night only oh, yeah. like type event, you know, where you go and only these handful of people they paid a ticket to go and see this event happening are gonna be able to see it, you know, like a happening or something. Oh like yeah, that. that's that's cool that you look at that. Like um, the Creative City will have site specific oh, yeah. and um, installations, mm-hmm. stuff like that, where it's like the people that go to Creative City see it and that's it. Yeah, it's just a one night, you know, a couple night only event. Right. Like yeah. you, you'll see it online, on those people's Instagram, Instagram and all that. But, yeah. But it's better to experience it. Yeah, in my I mean, opinion. I think art you have to kind of experience it. It's great seeing a piece, like on online, and you know, like oh that's a cool piece, but you kind of have to go and see it, whether it is an installation or a painting or a sculpture right. or something like that. You, you really have to see it in person definitely see it smell it touch it feel it you know yeah definitely <laughs> they don't like that uh, art galleries but you know so artistically do you have anything coming up uh for me and like my personal art uh career like i um i've been doing like a couple of smaller like paintings and sculptures and stuff like that but um i've been really focused on uh kind of art scene press and okay. trying to grill that um, so I haven't really had time to gotcha. kind of push my art in the last like I would say six months to a year mm-hmm. but um, I do have some ideas and some plans that I want to try to do and try to grow it here in oh, Orlando nice. you know like um, sculpture or yeah sculptures and I, I really have been really looking into like installations and, and oh nice because it is like I I maybe it's just me being pessimistic or something like that it's just uh, I find it difficult to to sell artwork mm-hmm. especially here in Orlando okay so I um, I want to try to do something towards that the route of uh, making an installation and you know trying to see if I can make that aspect work and okay um, you know, not worry so much about trying to sell it, you know, just, yeah. you know, just make something and see if people will come, you know, if you make it, they'll come. You know? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, that's cool. I'm, I, I look forward to seeing what you're doing. Yeah. What you end up coming up with. 
I have some ideas of like a couple places that I have in my mind um, that I that I would like to to, to do it at and mm-hmm. you know see if I could do it something like that. And it's growing so much here. You'll have other places. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. As it grows, you know, and and I and I would like to have people come in and you know maybe have some so like people help me to make the idea to mm-hmm. have it grow because. Now, doing it yourself is, is hard. Right. It's always better to do it in, in a group. Like, yeah. That's my opinion. You know. Gotcha. Most of the, a lot of the big time artists, they've, they've made it because they started groups. And they, right. And they all kind of grown together. Gotcha. Huh. Yeah. Like the, you know, the impressionists and all those yeah. guys, the surrealists. Yeah. You just get a, a group of artists together. They all kind of want to do something, you know. Doesn't even have to be exactly similar. It just they have these qualities that they want to kind of portray and right. they they, bring to the public. And yeah, and they, they it's easier to do it as a group than do it by yourself. Right. You know? That's cool. So uh, I think we've covered a lot, and I yeah, think, I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have fun? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it's fun. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah. I'm glad you invited me to come on Thanks. to your podcast. Thanks. Yeah, you're the first interview. Thanks. Hopefully it'll be up on Monday if I don't mess anything up. <laughs> so. well, I think you'll do great. Hopefully you keep growing it and make it Thanks. bigger and bigger. And I appreciate stuff. that. You're welcome. It feels good to get out of my comfort zone as far as talking to people. Yeah. I'm not really much for small talk, so mm-hmm. I'd rather discuss things in length. Yeah. Like, I've had so many discussions with friends mm-hmm. in parking lots till like, 4 in the morning. Yeah. You know? And we always called it our church. Like, yeah. this is our church. Just hang out and <laughs> yeah. drink and talk and, yeah, and just and chill and stuff. Yeah, it's... I, I'd rather do that than small talk. Like, there's nothing wrong with small talk. I don't yeah. mind it, but I'd rather do stuff like this, so... Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Thanks. All right, well, it's good having you on. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for being my first interview. This brings to a close our broadcast activity.